Thank you for tuning in to Shop Small ILM, where we showcase locally owned businesses from the Cape Fear region. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, leave us a rating, and share with your friends. All right, so today on Shop Small ILM, we have Thurston and Brandon of the Coastal Succulent. Thurston and Brandon are both UNCW grads. Thurston, Brandon, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. So can you give the listeners a brief idea of what the Coastal Succulent is and, and what you guys do? So the Coastal Succulent is a plant design company in Wilmington, North Carolina. We specialize in succulents, obviously, but plant styling, installs, large and small, commercial, residential. We do events from time to time. We'll do workshops. Um, so we're kind of what, like jack of all trades when it comes to to plants and plant styling, I would say. Okay. So. And I like to add that kind of the easiest way to explain what we do to, to kind of folks who may not know what plant styling is, is it's like a mix of landscape design mixed with interior design because our specialty is kind of helping our clients to match unique high-end planters with the plants in their house and outside of their house, whether those are live plants or photo plants. So that's what kind of helps us stand out from your average plant store or garden center or nursery. So you you go into the home and and actually look at the design elements of the home. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. that's like I would say that's like our main focus this day and age. I mean, I think when we first started, we were kind of on a little bit of a different trajectory, but migrated more towards the plant styling, which includes like Thurston said, coming into your home looking at your space, matching your design aesthetic, deciding if we want to do real or faux plants, uh, and just kind of making it work for you in your space sort of thing. It's a very multidimensional approach, and we kind of got to this space by just being organic and listening to what the clients wanted. As we've progressed, we found ourselves in a spot today where a lot of interior designers come to us to kind of assist with that final element of the beautification of a home when they are done with their move-in. Like their move-in day, they've got everything set, placed, it looks great. They need that last plant or two in the corner or wherever to kind of give the commercial or residential space that finished element, that finished look. Okay. Now, how do you make that differentiation between when you would go with the live plant or a faux plant? Is it light-based? Is it maintenance-based? A lot of times, yes, it is depending on kind of the environment of the space. So like you said, whether somebody has a lot of natural light, whether uh, they've got space for the plant to grow, sometimes people have a very limited amount of space, so they need something that's not going to necessarily take over an entire room. Very different with each situation, I guess, but we like to kind of go in and see the space and we'll help make that decision based on the environment. And then some people come to us and they're like, look, I don't want to take care of a plant. I've got three kids. I work full time. I can barely keep them alive. I don't want to worry about keeping a fiddly fig in a corner alive. So a lot of times it's just people that don't want to deal with a plant, but they want the greenery and the light, the sense of life in their house. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that makes our job easier when they come to us and they know exactly, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to keep something alive. You, you're yeah. going to have to just do it foe and make it work. So because having that bit of green really does add a lot to a space. Yeah. It's referred to as biophilic design. Okay. It's an element that really can just kind of transport the human psyche, makes you kind of bring the outdoors in. To add to Brandon's point is a lot of people around here in Wilmington, North Carolina, they have second, third homes. So they're not yeah. there a lot of times and they need their plants looking hundred percent fresh when they arrive to their house. So that's where the foe 
come in okay. to play, you know, because we work with a lot of very high-end, realistic-looking folk. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen some of your faux plants. Yeah. Um, and it's good. not your grandma's yeah. you know, mm-hmm. fake it's, tree in the corner with the rubber leaves. It's not your grandma's silks <laughs> no. anymore, like back in the day. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we've been in business almost 10 years now, and it's taken, I would say, that entire 10 years to find the right vendors and foe that we're happy with. I will say past 10 years as well, foe has really come a long way. I mean, like okay. you guys were just saying, it's not it's not what a lot of people think of with like the orange silk flowers in your grandma's house that were in the corner collecting dust. I mean, it's very, very realistic now. There's a lot of options, UV rated options for putting outside and full yeah. sun. And so it's come a long way. So it's made our job a little easier and, you know, and over time, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many. And with UV rated options, I guess you, you get to dress up the outside of homes a lot easier yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, going back to there being a lot of people that have secondary homes here in Wilmington, they want to come back to their house after being gone for three or four months and have something looking alive, so to speak. And, yeah. you know, not a bunch of dead flowers on the front porch. So we'll come in and we can use the UV treated, which um, I guess brand or a certain vendor that we use that has a five-year warranty for no fade. So oh, wow. it's a little bit more of an investment up front for customers, yeah. but you're paying for it, something you're going to have essentially forever whereas plant something live and sometimes it's just luck of the draw whether it's going to make it or not yeah or a lot of the foe that's out there will fade you know over time turn blue or whatever in the sunlight so that's kind of where our little niche of expertise comes in is that we we know which ones to go to which ones can stand the test of time and and it's been a lot of like living and learning yeah so there's been a lot of situations where maybe the foe years ago wasn't as great and we would put it outside and you know, we'd go do a check-in on the client months later and it had faded some. And so it's just, it's been just kind of figuring out which types of faux work best in which spaces. And yeah, Yeah. that's a huge benefit for a vacation property for sure. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't, it's not a buzzkill. You show up to a bunch of dead flowers. Yeah, (laughs) very true. Exactly. Yep. So now you both found inspiration for the coastal succulent um, from time you spent in California. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so we have some really good friends that um, actually used to live here in Wilmington, but moved out to LA about 10 years ago. We went out to visit them. I had never been to LA. Thurston had been a few times, but they wanted to take us around and show us all the cool coffee shops and stores and this, that, and the other. Um, so we were just out one day and we went to grab coffee and right next door to the coffee shop was this really cool, kind of like a, it was like a mixed floral store, mixed plant store. I mean, this was 10 years ago. So plant little plant shops weren't necessarily a big thing yet. You had yeah. nurseries, but you know, plant stores weren't as popular as they are today. They had this like huge tray of succulents out front. And I had never really seen them. Like I didn't okay. really know what they were. I mean, if I had seen them, it was in passing and I had, hadn't really put any thought to it, but yeah, they had this, this big tray of succulents and I was like, Oh my God, these things are so cool. And I actually bought one and I brought it on the plane with me and we got back and Thurston was like, yeah, that was really cool. That plant store and the succulents were awesome. And he was like, what if we like tried to do something with this? And I'm kind of like, okay, sure. I guess like, I don't really, I don't really, what do you want to do? Like, I don't, uh, yeah, we can try something. But yeah, from there, it just kind of snowballed. But I would say that that one day of going in that plant store is what brought upon the next 10 years. So it's, it's very cool how a small experience like that can kind of shape yeah. the rest of your life essentially so yep that one little stop at 
uh, Clementine. Clementine on Melrose. Melrose, or was it Sunset Boulevard? I think it was Sunset Boulevard. Sunset. Yeah. yeah, Sunset Boulevard. Um, no real business plan in the beginning. We yeah. just thought, how can we kind of incorporate these really cool plants that are unique and haven't really caught on yet? Yeah. It, with trends in you know North Carolina, how can we make these cool, unique, but not be like growing them? You know, we don't want to be a nursery. We yeah. don't want to be a greenhouse. We made that clear from day one. That is not our intent. We wanted to bring, kind of do the styling aspect, bring bring about the uniqueness of how you compare a unique plant like a succulent with a cool planter. And Brandon does all the design. I do all the business side of everything. If you can't tell. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of set us up with the banks and, you know, our LLC and all that. And then he created little kind of faded mason jar potted succulent. Um, we painted it kind of a cool coastal color, wrapped some nautical string around it and sold it at a few pop-up shops and uh, farmers markets and from there we got picked up by whole foods market they wanted to okay. you know bring us on for their floral division so we started supplying those uh and then from there it just custom work started coming on board and people wanted you know terrariums and larger items and it's gotten us to where we are today and then during covid you know a lot of people were in their homes and they wanted to kind of spruce up their space. So they started bringing us on board to add things into different corners of their rooms and shelves and all these things. And then a lot of designers were still working, interior designers. So they they brought us on board during COVID too, or right after COVID. We're just taking you through the whole history. Yeah, from that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, from zero to six. <laughs> but yes, California was a big inspiration. Yeah. And being in LA and seeing them out there. I mean, out in California, Second, yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. They're like everywhere. on the side of the road. There are people even mm-hmm. for landscaping and they're they're huge out there. I mean, not just in popularity, but like in size. Yeah, it was, it was seeing all that and then bringing it back here and figuring out what we kind of wanted to do with it from there. It was a big learning curve because a lot of people, like I said, don't know what succulents are. Even still today, we get clients, people who just aren't familiar with succulents. So we had really had to teach and kind of educate local folks in Southeast North Carolina what succulents are why they're a good investment. They're easy. They're cool. They're unique. Okay. So since we're talking about that, what defines a plant being a succulent? Like what? That's a really good question. Oh, that is a good question. What defines it? I think generically, it's just, there's a lot of plants that are in the succulent family, but it's just very drought tolerant. I guess the best way to put it is succulents are a species of plant. Okay. Very similar to a cactus, but I mean, it's just like, if you, like you look at a dog, yeah. There's dogs and then there's tons of breeds within those dogs. Okay. So it's kind of like succulents are the dog. Okay. But then within that, there's so many different varieties or mm-hmm. breeds okay. or whatever of plants that are okay. classified succulents, but very much like cactus, very drought tolerant. Okay. Love a lot of bright sun. Um, very, very popular out in the West and arid climates and desert type environments and a lot of them come from like south africa they're a low maintenance plant yeah they're okay. just a low maintenance plant um, <laughs> that's not the technical term but tolerant, very yeah. drought okay. tolerant they're the dog and you've got all the species all the breeds yeah the breeds. i don't know if that was the best way to describe no, I, I like that i like that <laughs> now you said that you carry some of those items in your design studio mm-hmm. so i want to let everybody know that you do have a brick and mortar um, over at hawthorne at oleander right beside tidal creek after nine years of business, we finally outgrew working out of a residential home, a sunroom, a garage, and a storage unit. And yeah. we got our own 
brick and mortar at Hawthorne at Oleander, which like you said, is right there by Tidal Creek. It's yeah. so yeah, we we finally were just like, you know, it's kind of scary to get your own space, especially because we were so used to operating the way we were operating. This is a really good opportunity. It's time. We have to just kind of take the leap. What is that saying? If you build it, they will come. Yeah. So well, they've um, definitely come. Yeah, they've definitely come. Um, so it's yeah, it was it was a scary thought at first, but now that it's done and we're in there and we're, you know, have several months under our belt of operating out of the space, I honestly don't know how we ever did any of this without having it was difficult. Yeah, that kind of thing yeah. I like about our studios, it's a multifunctional space, multi-use space. We meet with our clients there. Customers okay. can come shop there. We receive deliveries there. We have our potting workshops there. We assemble our uh, goods in the back. And also it's like a storage facility for us. So it's kind of all encompassing, serves all these different purposes. And it meets a need because our customers mm -hmm. previously didn't really have a public space to come meet us at. So far, so good. We've been there seven months as of today in 2023. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that makes us unique is that it's a spot for a lot of people to come drop off their empty planters or pots for us because okay. then we on site can kind of refill it or refresh the pot with live succulents or faux succulents or if they want like a faux orchid we can do all that okay. so that's something that kind of makes us unique that i don't know if a lot of other plant stores yeah. offer that would have made a much more thoughtful gift than grocery store flowers and yeah. candy yeah for valentine's we, we tried to push that on valentine's day i was like hey y'all flowers are gonna die in a week yeah. succulents for succulents most people aren't going to die in a week succulents are a better investment yeah, yeah. as long as you don't kill them so yeah. succulents last for most people a long period of time not at our house they, but yeah. for most people they last a long period. they can they do. yeah they can yeah succulents just need a little bit of water and a lot of really good natural sunlight yeah. to really thrive. Yeah. Um, I think most people's misconception about them is that because they are more hardy plants, they don't need a lot of light, but they really do. And then, you know, just watering about once a month. That's another misconception. People water them like house plants, overwater them, they, they die. I think it's hard for people too, because, you know, you get a plant, you want to nurture it. And most plants love that. They love yeah. to, you know, be talked to and be watered weekly and, Succulents are like, no, like, don't look at me. Don't water me. So ignore like, me. They're like the cat. They're, yeah. And I, I, literally, <laughs> I literally always make that reference to people. Some people look at it like I'm crazy, but I always make that reference that succulents are like the cats of the pet. Yeah. The pl pet plant world. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be bothered. They'll let you know when they need something, AKA they'll look kind of wilted. Okay. Um, But yeah, they are very much like, they're, they're very independent okay <laughs> good deal um so now you mentioned a potting workshop that you do at your store um can you tell us a little bit more about what a potting workshop is i love talking about our potting workshops it's an immersive experience and okay. i love having it at our studio because people could come there experience the studio see all the other potted arrangements that we have yeah. see all the various available vessels pots that we have kind of different sizes that people can choose from because whenever we do potting workshops people get to choose from a lot of different succulents a lot of different pots mm -hmm. and we start off by explaining about you know succulent care tips risks and then we kind of guide participants in planting their own succulent so it's very educational fun experience yeah i mean typically we try to do some kind of workshop at least once a month mm -hmm, in the okay. studio 
sometimes they're planting workshops. Sometimes we'll partner with other small businesses in Wilmington and do like a floral bouquet workshop, or we'll do a candle making workshop. We try to also do them kind of themed. So if it's like Mother's Day, we might do something, you know, for come with your mom and you take a workshop and plant something together. Or this past October, we did a pumpkin succulent workshop where we took live pumpkins and arrange succulents on top of them but yeah I mean it's just I think it's a fun experience for people to come and hang out with friends and you can have a beverage and you can kind of hang out and we've got good music on and it's just a good way to kind of decompress and learn something new people can see us on Instagram or they can see us on Facebook and until you're really in the studio and kind of in our world and our environment it might not really make sense yeah but I think being there and seeing everything and getting to experience it it kind of just like brings everything together. So it's probably way more fun when you actually get to play in the dirt, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Much. We get yeah. dirty. We've some, got concrete. some people, some people. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we've got some concrete. don't really want to touch it, but <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but we have tools if you don't. So we've okay. got little shovels and all that fun stuff. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for our workshops, we also offer private workshops. We'll go off site. We'll just kind of pack everything up in our uh, vehicle. And we've been able to do birthday parties. We've been able to do team building workshops. Um, it's a good, I guess, like icebreaker too for yeah. for companies that want to okay. get all their employees kind of to hang out in a more social setting and maybe get to know each other. They can kind of all do something like that. And yeah, sometimes team building can be awkward. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. We try to make it not awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. So now you said you typically start your workshops off with like care for succulents. So mm-hmm. can you give us a couple of tips for anybody that um, doesn't already know how to properly care for a succulent? Like what would you recommend? Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, succulents are very drought tolerant. So they don't like a lot of water. Yep. Um, there's, there's, there's three things we really touch on when it comes to care for succulents and that's water, light, and soil. So in terms of water, they like very little. If you're using a pot that drains, you can be a little bit more um, generous with your watering. If you are not using a pot that drains, we highly recommend putting some drainage rock in the bottom before you put the soil in Um, and just being extremely careful with your watering because again, the pot doesn't drain. You don't want to oversaturate the succulent because that'll just knock it out. Um, When it comes to light, they definitely need good natural light. Um, we would say it'd be best to have them within a foot or two of a window. And if they can get some direct light on them, um, in the morning for a few hours, that's preferable. Succulents can burn. So if you take your succulent that's used to being indoors and put it outside in direct sun for a full day, you'll probably see scarring on the leaves just because it's not acclimated to the light. Um, so if you are going to do that, just kind of slowly take it outside a little bit over time and let it kind of get used to being in the direct sun. Um, And then for soil, we like to use a soil that's very well draining. Um, A lot of times if you go to like a big box store, you're going to get just like a potting mix that's meant to retain water. And that's not something you want to use when it comes to succulents. If you are going to get that, if that's your only option, just try to add some sand in there. Try to add some small gravel if you can, something that's going to help that soil drain a little bit more okay. just to not retain water. So, so think about where they grow naturally. Yes. In think all about aspects. <laughs> what would they be like in their natural environment? And that would okay. be not getting water sometimes for months at a okay. time. So, so now how did your business model kind of shift from doing like small potted arrangements to the, to the larger installs? 
we're kind of one of those businesses that I hate to say benefited from the pandemic because I don't know if anybody necessarily benefited, but our business definitely took off more during the pandemic because everybody was home yeah. and they were tired of looking at their dead plant in the corner or they were tired of, you know, they wanted a beautiful space for their backdrop on zoom when they were yeah. working during the day. Um, so we had a ton of people start coming to us and wanting to have larger installs in their homes, whether it be the live plant or the faux plant. And we had designers starting to come to us too, because for whatever reason, during the pandemic, I feel like real estate in Wilmington just like exploded. So we had a ton of interior designers coming to us that were starting projects that, you know, wanted to do installs with, you know, several rooms of a house, um, and we just kind of had to roll with the punches and and go with it. And it just kind of was a natural progression, I would say. I think the weird thing about our business, maybe not the weird thing, but the interesting thing about our business is it's kind of progressed on its own. We've kind of let it do its own thing and let the customer kind of dictate in a way where it goes, listening to what the client wants and having these designers come to us and we were like okay this is like becoming a much more regular thing that we're doing now yeah let's really start to focus on this more um we'll still keep our eye on you know planting the thing planting small containers and stuff like that but this is really like where our business seems to be going so let's roll with it and let's go and it's really benefited us so you know, yeah, we were open to that shifting in our business model. So we got, you know, some business mentors and kind of connected yeah. with some local designers who have been very gracious to us. And that really contributed to us growing our business quickly. Well, that's great that you were in tune enough to you know, keep your finger on the pulse of, of yeah. what was going on and and where you were really needed. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's hard because we've been asked to come and do like to, to speak to other small businesses about like our business plan and how we kind of like grew everything. And it's so hard. Cause it's like, we never had a business plan. I, yep. and it's, I don't want it to sound like snotty, but we've just honestly been really, really lucky with yeah. just kind of listening to our intuitions and kind of going with the flow in terms of what customers are kind of saying they want from us. And well, it's also important to network. Yeah, And keep your eyes open, you know, always be open to exploring options, because if you just remain focused on one thing, tunnel vision, you know, you're not going to grow, I guess, that much. Yeah. So it's really key to kind of be, um, like Brandon said, listening to your internal dialogue or your intuition, but also being open to options that come your way. Yeah. I mean, like we would, we'd have clients come to us and make this request for something crazy that we had never done before. And at first we're like, Oh my gosh, like how, how are we going to do this? This is not something that we are necessarily good at or know how to do. Yeah. You figure it out. And then we'll do it and we'll figure it out. And it turns out awesome. And then that becomes a whole new part of the business. Like the, we've started doing a ton of like really large moss frames where we'll take individual pieces of moss, preserved moss, different varieties, different colors, and kind of make them into these essentially like artistic pieces. Yeah. And that all stemmed from one client coming to us and being like, I saw this moss frame. I want one. Can you guys make it for me? Yeah. And you're sitting there and you're nodding yes to them. But inside you're going, oh my God, how are we going to do this? <laughs> so then you go home or you go back to your studio and you do it and it turns out really great. And then now we do a ton of them. We've got four massive ones in the work for a large business here in Wilmington. Oh, wow. 
um, that'll be going up in their cafeteria lounge area. So, but yeah, it's again, just like rolling with the punches. So one thing I always like to ask everybody uh, is what would be some advice you had to give to like an aspiring business owner, somebody just getting started? I would always say kind of begin with the end in mind. That's always helpful. Well, best piece of advice that um, a successful business owner told me in the beginning when we were getting started was create a partnership agreement. If you are, you know, established as an LLC partnership, get a legally binding document, always begin with the end in mind. And then I would also say on top of that, get a mentor if you can. Um, just networking. I really feel that it's about kind of who you know, maybe not what you know, but if you can really forge those connections, it can take you far in business. Yeah. And I would say you have to trust your instincts and your intuition and know that what you are either making, crafting, whatever it is your small business is concentrated in, have a lot of confidence in that. Because if you don't have confidence in your business and yourself and no one else's, stay super focused on what it is that you want to accomplish and have confidence in it and trust that little voice in the back of your head that's saying, open that studio, <laughs> do that brick and mortar. Even yeah. if it's scary and it's terrifying, everything happens for a reason and it'll all work out in the end. So yeah, all very good advice. Yeah. Okay. So now where can everybody find you besides Hawthorne at Oleander? Uh, so yeah, we are on Facebook. We're on Instagram um, at the Coastal Succulent. Website is www.coastalsucculent.com. Uh, it's got all of our information there. Um, our studio address, you can uh, Google map us. It's 3528 Adirondack Way. Um, and our phone number is 910-660-3261. Great. Well, we'll link all of that in the show notes so everybody can find it easier. Awesome. Thank you both for coming on the podcast. Thanks for joining us on Shop Small ILM, powered by Salt Air Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe so you get updated when new episodes are released.